gentlemen, welcome to this week's Red Voices podcast. It's going to be an auspicious episode this week. Two wins to talk about, and not only that, we have scored more than one goal for the first time in 12,000 games of football. A wonderful, wonderful evening to discuss with Rich and Paul this evening. Uh, let's go to Rich first. How are you doing, Richard? Hi. I'm, I'm dizzy. I'm dizzy from the uh, from all the winning. Mm. Two wins. Like uh, like, Don- like Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. okay. What about, what about you, Paul? <laughs> Returning Manchester United podcasting hero, Paul Gunning. Oh, sorry, kind of you. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, and I can only assume that United have won twice in a week because they knew I was coming back on the pod. I mean, no, nothing else really makes sense, does it? No. No. no, makes complete sense. I mean, I, I guess we go about this in a chronological order. So let's do partisan, uh, United winning against uh, Reading at lunchtime today, and then move on to Norwich. So uh, who wants to kick us off with a brief description of that rather inauspicious evening in Belgrade? Well, shall, I, shall I tell that one? Yeah. Is that's the one I actually saw in completely live. We made was it seven or eight changes, um, pretty minging pitch which all of our players didn't seem to be able to stand up on. It was pretty much as much of a scratchy performance as the as the Outmar game was as well. Again, uh, that's the second 90 minutes in a row in the Europa League without a shot on target from um, open play. But we got the win, and I guess, given the number of changes we made, that's probably all we could have asked for, particularly given our general form. It was good to... Good to get Martial back, even though he didn't have a great game, but he, he got the penalty, and you could see he was a lot sharper today for it. Yeah, it's difficult enough to say. I mean, we, we, we just it wasn't a good watch, but you can understand with the number of changes that, that were made that it was always going to be a bit of a scratchy performance. So, yeah, it was just it's just one of those games where it's just important to go and get the win, and we now know if we win the next game, the home game against Partizan, then we're through, and we can you know, really not worry about the, the last two group games. Hmm, that'd be nice. Paul, did you catch the Partizan game? Yeah, I did. Very similar. I mean, I've, I've wrote a few notes, and I went by, by a few, I mean like three. Um, <laughs> it was... Yeah, I mean, it That's was a four more dull. than I've got. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty dull. Um, but you know what? Like Rich says, I mean, it was a very um, sort of patched together squad. Quite a few, I think, four players returning from injury. A couple of young players and Williams and Garner. I, I thought Williams was a real positive. It wasn't he great. Real breath of fresh air. Um, when you look at our other options at left back, I mean, you obviously don't want to throw him in at the deep end too soon, but it's great to have him as another option. And obviously just getting an away win at last, it's getting that monkey off our back and uh, I'm not going to call it a turning point, but you know, hopefully, given today's performance as well, hopefully it just, it, it just, it will instill a bit of confidence and, and the players will start thinking, hopefully, you know, well, we can win away now, you know, and not be quite so daunted when they do go away. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think, uh, as you noted there, the away run, that's the first time United have won away since beating PSG uh, in the yeah. Champions League. In case anyone had forgotten that we'd actually beaten PSG, not that we don't mention it like every week as a sort of touchstone. But... So the, the, the longest hangover of all time. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess in that sense, because it had been so long since we'd won away. And, you know, you think back to games against uh, Wolves and Southampton early on this season, where we looked relatively comfortable and then gave away bad goals and, you know, sort of shot ourselves in the foot trying to get back into it. Getting through that game, no matter how it happened, was probably the most important thing beyond the result. Absolutely. You know, obviously the result wasn't particularly fantastic, but I think just completing that 90 minutes, making sure that we won, was the most important thing in the end, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And it, it, I think. Paul was right to focus on Brandon Williams, and I think James Garner yeah. as well came through that came through that game. And you know, it was, it was important to 
to, it's important to see those these players because we need to know if we can actually rely on them going forward. Um, given the, the troubles that some of the senior players have had, so it's, it's the second game in a row where a second Europa League game in a row where Brandon Williams has come into a team that's a real scratch team, a team that's in really poor form and been the best player on on the United sure. team again. And he, you can see he's, he's as a player, he's just incredibly direct, incredibly confident, doesn't seem to be phased by anything. Yeah, he looks. Famous, um, and then James, he? yeah, he does. And, and James Garner came in. I mean, you know, United struggled a bit in midfield on the on the day. Really, just in terms of keeping the ball, and um, the, the the partisan number ten kept dropping into the hole between the midfield and defence, and it was quite dangerous in the second half. But but again, Garner was pretty good, and, you, and again, he's got a few more minutes today as well. And I'm sure you know that will kind of build some trust for Ollie in him. Um, and if we if we do win the next game and get through, then we've got two two games where we can essentially really have a proper proper look at those guys without there being quite as much pressure mm, on them. Agreed. I mean, as you said there, with the uh... The fact that we've given ourselves a bit of a buffer there by winning that game away from home, you know, we've got them at Old Trafford in uh, just under two weeks' time now. So you'd expect us to get through that game and then essentially set up the group, which would be lovely. You know, I mean, considering the way the last couple of months has gone, I'm taking any sort of shred of positivity I can. And there were a couple of scraps to grab from there. Um, I guess that's probably about enough on that game because there wasn't really much to discuss. You know, I mean, I remember people were pointing out this situation where Rashford was running ahead in the second half and, you know, he had two players ahead of him and didn't pass it quickly enough. And uh, I guess that points out the incredible scrutiny that especially a player like Rashford is currently under. You know, I think it's one of those things, you know, I guess we're jumping ahead a little bit talking about today, but, you know, his 50th goal for Manchester United when he's, what, 21 years of age? That's no mean feat, you know, he... I, I get that people want him to be the finished product straight away, but the amount of impatience that there is seems to be with him, especially in situations like that. It, it does seem a bit counterproductive and intuitive considering the sort of level of support you should be getting. Anyway, I guess we'll move on to uh, United women's game with Reading today. That was an interesting one. I caught most of the second half and it was a more attritional performance than I think I've seen from United women so far. Do you guys catch it at all? I saw a bit of the second half. I haven't. I didn't see most of it. I Great. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it then because I'm clearly. You know, so you do. The I will. On that I one. will. Um, I think, in comparison with most of the games that we've seen from United so far, this is probably the least impressive in terms of the actual sort of link-up play and the actual flow of the game and performance. But it was still good to see us get through it. You know, it was a great goal to get us going. Yes, it was Kirsty Hansen who got the first goal. <laughs> that helped. I mean, you know, uh, going through the motions of the game, especially that second half, which is what I saw, I didn't really see us being under pressure too much, but we struggled really to link play up and it took an excellent ball from uh, Jackie Gronin to set Jess Sigsworth three and absolutely great finish from her, you know, very confident, took it across the defender and slotted it home 2-0 and United have now won four games on the trot, you know, after that tricky start against Arsenal and City to see us win four on the bounce, three in the league as well in particular. You know, I think it it gives United something of a chance going into these games going forward. You know, they're currently sitting fourth, so they're four points off Chelsea, who are currently top. That's their next league game in several weeks' time. They've got Everton in the Women's Super League Cup uh, coming up next weekend, which should again be an interesting one because they are directly behind us in the league, just behind us on goal difference. So yeah, there's a lot of tricky games coming up, but I think there seems to be a lot of confidence in the team at the moment. You know, they've, they've more, overcome yeah. those two very tight defeats to two of the best teams in the land. You know, they'll be playing Chelsea, who are at the minute the nominal best team in the land. Again, a really good test for us, and I'm interested to see how we deal with it. You know, I think we're obviously going to you know, it's it's still pretty much a learning curve and we need to be careful of getting too much ahead of ourselves and suggesting, oh, we could really be in with a chance of doing something good this year. But 
yeah, just watching United Women's team develop and adjust to this level in such quick fashion has been really, really rewarding. Enjoying it a lot. Yeah, if, only, if you think about when they came up last season, you don't really know what to expect in terms of the quality jump, do you? We only really watched them at a lower level that they'd clearly been far too far too good for from the start. Um, but you, you would probably said that if we finished fourth this season, that would have been a really, really, really good outcome to, to the first season in the, in the Women's Super League. And that's where 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 we sit at the moment. So I think we've, we've we've spoken in previous weeks about how outside of the first team, which has obviously been struggling, the the other the other teams are, are really thriving, and the, the women are doing that. The under twenty threes won again at the weekend. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a good sign in terms of um, in terms of the the health of other areas of the club. Um, we just need to sort out the first team now. Well, I mean, do we need to sort the first team out, Rich? Three goals well, today. Come on. Okay. Three. I'll say it again. <laughs> well, yeah. Three. The first time we scored more than one goal in a game for, you know, what, seven decades. It could, it could have been five. It in probably fact, should have been a lot more than more. three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I said on um, I said on Twitter afterwards that if you're, if you're a manager of a team that's looking to play United, any team that we've played this season has essentially been compact and, and has tried to really play on the counter has... has has done us really we haven't I don't think we've been a side that's attempted to do that this season so whilst you know I've watched Farkas Norwich a few, Norwich a few times this year and they in, in a way it's admirable that even at Anfield they on the first the first day they they came out and played their normal expansive game and and caused Liverpool a few problems going forward but got obviously got opened up and spanked at the back and it's <clears throat> having lost 5-1 at home to Villa as well a couple of weeks ago it was very brave or very stupid to to go go into the game against United with a, the intention of sort of playing their own really expansive game because it's exactly the the sort of game that United are, are capable of playing against. In fact, it's the only kind of game that United have been play, capable. Well, of playing I'd say against on that season. basis, completely, that was foolish. Yes, it was inter- inter- incredibly foolish. But but you know, United made hay, which is is it's been quite some time since we've done that really no I mean I think going into this game in particular you know you weren't necessarily sure what to make of it coming into the uh, the, the pod last week and obviously with the way that they played against Liverpool despite getting spanked to a certain extent with the <clears throat> scoreline even though performance wasn't necessarily uh, indicative of that and the way that they came at City I think in some ways the only way they could have won that game against City is if City played that exact way and you know they basically gave them opportunities on the break whilst spending so much time on the ball that it took the pressure off them to really you know get any patterns of play together and they pounced on any City errors that came their way to play the way they did today against us and really go so gung-ho was just I mean I'm not gonna lie I enjoyed it it was nice to see us have so much space to play with because space has been something that has been severely lacking Manchester United games for some time but Having said that, you've still got to go in and actually win those games. And we did that quite well. Yeah, you've still got to exploit that space, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. What did you make of it, Paul? And we did that well today. I, th- I think um, I said to you just before we started recording, I think Martial obviously made a huge difference today. But I think he just does make a big difference to the, to the team. Uh, him and Rashford have got a good relationship and obviously developing one with, with Daniel James as well. And he's just such a gifted technical player, Martial. When he's, when he's sort of in the mood... Um, he's a good fit, probably the best best finisher we've got in, in the in the squad. He's intelligent, his running's good. Um, so I think he he was great. But Tomane was was 
again, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of McTominay, I have to say. I know not everyone is. And he's obviously limited, um, but then so were numerous players under Fergie. Um, I think he played well. Pereira's much better when he's sort of inside, playing more more inside as a number 10 kind of thing. But I thought we, I thought we played really well. It was refreshing to watch. It was... We played some decent football. Um, and although... At the end, you know what? Even at the end, when, when they scored, when they pulled one back, we, we were three-one up. Still, I still started panicking a little bit because we're so brittle. Mm-hmm. With the slightest bit of pressure, you know, we don't deal well at all with adversity. So even then, I was like, oh, "Here we go, they're going to come back and win four-three. <laughs> so, but overall, yeah, pretty decent. We were pressing much higher up the pitch. But as you say, you know, Norwich well and truly played into our hands. A bit like you know, there was like the, the bit like the band going down with the Titanic, aren't they? You know, it's all very pretty and that you think well yeah it's not going to get you far Rich what do you make of those penalties Tim Krull's really good at them and United's players aren't I think yes. <laughs> succinct I, I mean I think generally Martial's a pretty good penalty taker I'm not not sure on his numbers I'm trying to think of previous ones he's missed but I thought they both generally... are aren't they though generally I mean I know Rashford's had a couple of dodgy ones I mean it's all Pogba's fault obviously we, we all know that yeah yeah obviously yeah I mean I, th- I think Martial's definitely the best penalty taker at the yeah. club and it wasn't like Rashford's was a really poor penalty. I think he, yeah, it was awful. He, he sort of, um, you know, you could see he was going to go to that side, and then it was a good, a good yard inside the post. Whereas Martial got plenty behind his and got it, you know, reasonably towards the side of the goal. But Krill just made just guessed right and made a really good save. Um, I guess it's just just two bad, two averagey penalties against a goalie who's incredibly good at saving them. But it, it's frustrating and a bit of a worry because. I think that I think we've now missed four in the last nine or something, yeah. which is especially given how many we're getting as well. We're getting quite a few penalties. We've got players who can sort of win penalties, and yet now when we get a penalty, you're not thinking, "Well, it's a certain goal." You're thinking, mm. "Well, if you think of the points we've missed, haven't we? We've missed, we've missed, yeah. we dropped, dropped points to Wolves, then we dropped dropped points against Palace. Um, I'm trying to think of others, but we, you know, those penalties have been costly, even if they weren't today. And, and that Wolves one as well. Um, you, you sort of look back on that as a bit of a, t- a tournament it was only the second game of the season but you, you, if that penalty goes in you know do we lose to Palace you know what I mean like the confidence wise and all that sort of thing no I don't disagree with that I think the good thing about today was that we actually took the initiative to make sure those penalty misses weren't massive in the actual flow of the game and Rashford basically scored what was it two or three minutes after the second save so all right, the first penalty was slightly lucky. I mean, I'm not sure I would have given that myself. And to me, you know, I, I don't really know if it's worth getting into a massive chat over VAR in terms of how well it's being used at the minute. But it didn't look like a clear and obvious error not to award that first penalty. I think Daniel James was a bit lucky to get that one. As far as second goes, yeah, definite handball. But yeah, I, I do think we, we seem, certainly seem to have some yips when it comes to uh, the... Uh, the penalty spot at the minute which isn't fantastic but again the fact that we actually went ahead and got these goals was good it was great three of them Paul three and and really lovely goals as well I thought McTominay took his really well first time and I think you know his goal was it Arsenal he, he scored against it was yeah which was another peach of a goal and it's he's, you know I have noticed he's been shooting a bit more and if he's got that as part of his armour then fantastic and then I thought the um, uh, both the other goals were great as well Beautiful ball from Daniel Jays for Rashford, good finish, and then the Martial goal. I mean, that was, where did that come from? That was beautiful. We haven't played football like that in mm. it feels like years. That was like Tevez and Ronaldo. It was Sorry, Tevez, Tevez and Root, Ro- Tevez and Rooney again. I think we played Middlesbrough or something. Yeah, they exchanged 
back heel. It was glorious. Scored, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, the sec- I think the second goal was the most satisfying for me in particular, just because having watched Rashford miss that penalty, it was so good to see him take that chance so well. Obviously, he had a lot of space to deal with, but we've seen Rashford struggle with similar opportunities over the last while, and I think seeing him take that yeah. goal would give him a bit more confidence. You know, I think in particular, you know, he's come back in a good vein of form since he returned uh, from that latest round of international duties. So it's nice to see him taking those sort of opportunities but I think Paul as you mentioned earlier on he also benefits a lot from having Martial on the side because it just takes the pressure off him having to be the focal point all the time and I would love to see Marcus turn into that big focal point and attack to the point where he didn't necessarily need anyone of a similar caliber around him but I do think having Martial there just eases the pressure on him a little bit he knows there's someone else who can take the ball and run with it and create something can finish well and when it comes to Martial I don't think there's a better natural finisher at the club at the minute over the last several years, you know, we've had, we've been quite lucky, you know, we've had people like Van Persie, Ibrahimovic, uh, Lukaku, all excellent finishes, all with some deficiencies to the game in terms of the build-up. I think of the players we've got now, Martial is certainly the most natural finisher in terms of just being able yeah, to take is. those chances. And the way that was chipped past Tim Krull the, for the third, that was exquisite, wasn't it? But yeah, I mean, you know, you go back to uh, our sequence of results, you look at what United have been doing over the last several months. That was our first league win since early September and that 1-0 win against Leicester. That was the first time we scored more than one goal in a single game since we beat Chelsea 4-0. Um, you know, it's just nice to have these little milestones and, you know, give the the illusion, I guess, that we're turning a corner, even though not necessarily a lot has changed. And again, you know, when we were talking about the partisan game, we said it was good to have gotten through that game with a result, if not necessarily a performance. I think today we got both. I reckon that's fair to say? Yeah, I'd say so. I think I think what it showed again today, what it showed today, is is the the relative folly of the of, of having such a shallow shallow squad and just how much of a difference it makes having certain key players in. It wasn't just today. It, it, having Juan Bissaka back has been a huge yeah a huge boost because he's he's so good defensively and and you know I think he's he's trying to develop his attacking game, but but primarily. You know that right hand side of the pitch when he's on there is is really locked down as an area from which the the opposition can attack, um, and you you know we, you can see we're kind of struggling for an alternative. A left back, Young was <clears throat> wretched again, I think, and um, yes. you know we're saying we're saying well, can you throw Williams in? But I honestly think Williams is probably our best performing left back this season. Really, I, I don't think Shaw. Yeah, so that's not a high bar to yeah. clear, though, is it? Yeah. It's not a high bar, but then obviously with with Martial as well, you'd like to think that that the the overlords, um, if they were watching the game today and seeing the dis- difference when Martial's on the pitch to when he's not, would think you know we can't afford to go another six months without adding another forward player to the to the team. So at least we've got some options when inevitably one or more of them get injured. Mm. Yeah, because because you're right, it's absolutely inevitable, and we have got such a thin squad, and the players. Sort of behind Martial and Rashford, so young, raw. Great to see Martial back, but you know he is quite injury prone. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of a worry, really. Hmm. I mean, I guess that sort of leads in a little bit to thinking about potential players to come in over the next few months. You know, we've still got Pogba to return, and you know, you imagine that would add an element of creativity to our midfield at the minute. And I guess you know. in the nicest possible way, I'm very much looking forward to him coming back because he's absolutely exceptional to watch. I love having him at Manchester United. By that same token, I'm not necessarily sure in his current form we've missed him a hell of a lot over these last few weeks. I'm not sure what massively he could have done to turn the tide. You know, I think 
perhaps in that game against Liverpool, in those sort of circumstances, Pogba is excellent when it comes to quick breaks and finding the right pass. But if it comes to a battle, he's not necessarily the best suited to it, really, is he? I don't know. I think it depends who's playing around him as well, though, because if you've, if you've got a player like Martial up front and Rashford and James, and they're all sort of interchanging and changing wings and all that kind of thing, then Pogba can pick out those runs. But yeah, you're absolutely right. If, it, if it's just kind of a, a, a war of contrition kind of a game, then I don't know. Yeah, does he add that much more? I mean, he's a great player and a, a loving to thrive at United, but I don't know how much of it's psychological. I'm not sure he really wants to be here. Well, I guess as well, if he's actually playing in a team that is performing well and is starting to get some results back together, then that will help him. I yeah. think him, he more than any of United's big players is incredibly affected by the tone of the way Manchester United play you know I think that yeah he is because there's obviously a lot of pressure on him to set that tone in order to provide the creativity because he knows it's not going to come from anywhere else you know I I guess that there is something of a a load being taken off to a certain extent because McTominay has been you know deciding to just score some good goals of late which has been great to see obviously Fred still has got his limitations and I think uh, Solskjaer seems to have decided that Nemanja Matic is now just going to be wheeled out for League Cup and Europa League appearances. Yeah, I'm not complaining about that. That's great. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, he he was his legs were gone years ago, really, and we should never have bought him in the first place. So yeah, it's good to see him gone, really. Yeah, I'm not moaning too much about that. There was a link today, wasn't there, to, to him potentially going to Inter in in January, which is the most Inter thing, Inter. The most, most Serie A thing in the world, isn't it? I guess they're um, absolute heroes over there, aren't they? <laughs> They are. They, you know, there's a there's a, a clear desire to to re- recycle aging, <laughs> declining Premier League stars, isn't there? It's you amazing. Know, taking Sanchez and he's got himself injured for three months, and they're paying classic Sanchez two hundred thousand of his of his wages or whatever. So, yeah, I, I tell you the thing about Pogba is that I think because Solskjaer hasn't trusted any of his other midfielders to actually transition the ball from the back four forward, or doesn't think they're good enough, or doesn't trust them in terms of ball retention we we always saw before his injury really Pogba as a this sort of second of the deep lying midfielders and it's always a waste to have him there I think mm. if you're going to do if you're going to actually use him properly then he needs to be the the most fur, the furthest forward with the least spent defensive responsibility and it might I mean I mean I thought um past the opinion that Fred had a good game today and you know I, I, I'm not a huge fan and I do worry about him but you just wonder whether we either him or Garner or Somebody like that, we we just need to play those those two as the deeper line midfielders and, and and just let Pogba do do the creative stuff. I mean, we've been saying this for years, haven't we? Since we bought him, really, we've been saying this about Pogba. Well, we've had to, he's had spells, hasn't he? Particularly particularly after Solskjaer first came in, where he yeah. was pushed further forward. And it, but it just seemed like once once Solskjaer got the job permanently, and, and United lost a couple of games. To, I think they lost to Arsenal and to to Wolves. He he seemed to panic a bit and. Mm. Lose loses faith in the in the other midfielders and drops Pogba back to that to the sort of deepest line too, and we never really recovered. And I'm not suggesting that's the only reason why we were we were poor after that. But once you took away so much of the attacking threat in that in that period when we won 14 out of 16 or whatever, and that's you know it made sorry go on sorry yeah I was just going to say that that and another thing is that obviously that our defence is much better this season. So in a way you sort of think well just let the sort of loosen the reins a little bit on. You know, when Pogba's back, give him a bit more of a free role and free reign, because he does make things happen when he's given that sort of freedom. And there are players around him now, in you know, as long as they say fit in Rashford and, De- and James and Marshall, who, who can thrive from his creativity. Hopefully, 
But not if he's you know playing in the wrong position and sort of as a defensive midfielder. It's just he's, that's not his game. It is not. No, um, Daniel James. That's a good point. I'm just looking at uh, casually looking at some of the highlights as we uh, scroll back through the day's events. How do you feel Dan James is going to work with Martial and Rashford going forward with that front three sort of changing around? Do you reckon that's the best way for our attack to continue at the moment? Because you know. Jesse came on this evening, bless him, and I've seen nothing to suggest that he belongs in that front three at the moment. Paul, yeah, I think I, yeah, I think they are one hundred percent our best front three at the moment. Lingard, I don't know what's really happening. I don't know, but Lingard, when he's on form, you know his his movement's good and and he does bring something to the table. But he's not been in form for so long now that you're starting to wonder whether it's just sort of permanent. Um, James, you have got to be careful with him. He's still very young. It's still very new to him. He can be quite naive sometimes. He's the sort of player because he, he's getting battered and bruised by sort of big defenders and stuff. They're kind of picking on him a little bit. So you've got to be careful that you don't burn him out. Who's behind him? Lingard, I guess. Well, Greenwood, he's not really, I don't know, he's not a winger. So with, with the same with all these players, we've got such a thin squad that you can't afford to rest players all the time, but we need to in a way. And we're going to have to do something in January about it because, yeah. you know, the, I mean, you know, Ollie obviously decided he was going to try. Chong and Gomez and yeah. Greenwood, and I think Greenwood's certainly done enough to to actually be involved in the first team at some in some degree. But yeah. you know, you could see the two games that Chong played; he clearly just wasn't ready for it. No, he wasn't not. ready for the intensity. The under twenty three, the under twenty threes, the, the leap in quality to the first team is just absolutely enormous. Yeah, it's huge, uh, and he just wasn't ready. He wasn't ready, and I think Ollie was expecting. Chong to be ready, and he's he's really not. And he, you know, he really needs a load. You do way more he? harm than good, don't you? If you if you just throw them, if they, as you've seen it with loads of players over the years, where the manager thinks they're ready, they throw them in, and they just. I mean, there was a, I can't remember who we were playing now, but um, Chong because these days they have to go when they get sub, they have to go off at the nearest part of the pitch, don't they? And you walk straight past me at Old Trafford, and he just looked completely crestfallen. And you know, he's a, he's a young lad, and he, that can. It can derail a player's uh, entire career, you know, if they have a really, you know, bad couple of games or whatever for United at this stage. So you're right. We need to we need to invest in January, but we've been saying that for quite a while, haven't we? So yeah, I mean, I think I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, well, I think with Chong as well, I think there is a remarkable lack of patience and judgment when it comes to United young players at the minute, and it only takes one or two iffy games. And Chong has had a couple of iffy games, bless him in order for the knives to be sharpened. And Absolutely. I know that there is an impatience in United's fan base to want to see better performances and to see players like him and Gomez and uh, Mason Greenwood perform. And I think, in some ways, each of them has done some good when they've come into the side, You know, particularly Mason Greenwood with those goals against uh, Rochdale and Astana. And I guess, obviously, because the the way that the senior players are currently malfunctioning to a certain extent, obviously, maybe not today, over the course of the last several months and going back into the latter half of last season, that pressure is only going to intensify. And yeah, there is an element you've got to chuck them in and just see how they fare. But when we've got players like Martial coming back, when Lingard's returning to fitness, when we've got Pogba coming back in, I guess that does ease the pressure in order to have to use them as much as we have been. You know, we, we do have games coming thick and fast You know, into, before we actually end up at another international break, which is coming in a couple of weeks, if uh, memory serves. Yeah, we've got Chelsea on Wednesday night, and then it's Bournemouth away, Partizan Belgrade at home for that fourth game of the Europa League campaign, and then Brighton at home before we've got another two weeks off. We haven't got what I'd decree as a 
massively, hugely difficult game until Wednesday the 4th of December. Now, obviously, touch wood when I say that because we've got Spurs at home, followed by City away three days later. That is a nasty couple of days. But yeah, and up until that point, we've got fixtures that I would describe, even in our current state, as manageable. So I guess now, do you reckon the key thing is just trying to build momentum and taking performances like today? You know, looking at what worked well, which was a little bit more defensive stability, I guess. I mean, we weren't really worried that much. And I guess Norwich did play onto our hands to a certain extent. But I guess the the word from Solskjaer and coaches is just going to be continue on that vein. Take those chances, keep forcing the issue and score more goals. Yeah, bear in mind we're going to be playing those next three games are against teams who aren't probably aren't likely to 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 be very com- compact and, and shut up shop so in theory we've they, they, they're game they're opponents that we we can get at if we're if we're on it you know i think we do just need to get some momentum going now don't we before those before those more difficult games and because can't you just get the impression confidence is so brittle you can see us losing to you can certainly see us losing to Chelsea just because we're going to rotate a lot and they're in really impressive form. But you know, lose perhaps don't win up one or two of those games, and you could see confidence really struggling again. So it's important we get some momentum going. They can go away to, for the international break and really, you know, really with some confidence and strutting a bit, and then come back and build on it. Yeah, momentum is not something we've had for a while, has it? Really, since obviously uh, Solskjaer's kind of first honeymoon period bit. There's been no momentum since since PSG really at all, has there? Um, few wins in a row would just do as the world of good, I think. And the Chelsea game, obviously, it's the, the the League Cup, so in a way, you kind of think, well, it's a kind of a freebie. If we lose, we lose. It's not the end of the world. But like you say, Richard, if you know, if we do lose, then we are we are so brittle that it could it could affect our league form which is, it shouldn't at all because it's it, it's not that important really in the grand scheme of things mm. i enjoyed that though richard rich or richard if you're nasty yes <laughs> all right lads well let's uh, finish off this evening's episode with a couple of predictions then so chelsea on wednesday followed by bournemouth on saturday one of the first days this season will actually be playing on a Saturday I mean I guess there is something of a benefit to you know the Europa League schedule forcing us to play late on a Sunday afternoon because it means that United don't really have much of an opportunity to completely muck up your weekend pretty much that exactly right score predictions Paul Chelsea 1 United 1 and then we win on penalties wow that's brave (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I, don't, I, I think I'd have probably maybe two two one Chelsea. I think it'll be a really really highly rotated team, and yeah. Chelsea just 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 very very sharp hmm. at the moment. Bournemouth, yeah, they do look good, don't they? Bournemouth, um, I haven't really seen much of Bournemouth this season. I'll be honest. Well, um, they got exactly the same amount of points as we have. If that helps, yeah, I know. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with my heart and say I'm going to say three one to United. Sod it. I don't think they scored in their last two, have they? You always think about Bournemouth and their strength is always the always getting goals because they're, they're never going to keep a huge number of clean sheets. But then they have they have in the last two, but they haven't scored since Eddie, Sa- not, Saturday the twenty eighth of September, Richard. Ah, oh, well, what a what a perfect time for them to start. But <laughs> they're not, they're, Eddie Eddie Howe's not going to Eddie Howe's not going to change their style. They're no. going to come out and play the way they always do. They're they're going to be um, expansive and. You know that's the, the sort of opponent the United really need at the moment. So it wouldn't surprise me if we if we won that one two or three one. No, and I guess um, the going back to Chelsea in particular, that 
the way that Lampard's been going about his business and Chelsea's players have been performing. You know, Christian Pulisic has been taking pelters for the first couple of months of the season and came up with a hat-trick at Turf Moor yesterday. I mean, you know, getting goals at Turf Moor isn't necessarily the apex or crowning achievement in your career, but getting a hat-trick is still pretty decent, Techers. But yeah, regardless, I, I think that's that's made United fans... Um, I mean, they are, obviously there are lots of people scratching around for comparisons and wanting to compare and contrast different, you know, differing fortunes of managers. And obviously with Lampard coming in, you know, obviously a very situation to Solskjaer, big club legend, taking over the side, not necessarily a wealth of managerial experience, but, you know, taking Chelsea in a good direction so far you know they had a good victory against Ajax in the Champions League uh, earlier on this week so yeah I mean I think the one thing I would say coming into this game is that from my perspective with the League Cup United aren't necessarily going to be blessed with a lot of opportunities to legitimately win trophies this year and I think that if we can go to Stamford Bridge and get a good result you know obviously there's only one result that's going to get us through but if we can get through that game with a victory then that'd be Great. I'd be very, very pleased with that. You know, Chelsea are looking much more of a uh, confident and coherent side than we are at the moment, you know, today aside. So I wouldn't necessarily expect us to go there and win. But I guess we do have the blueprint for going there and getting the right sort of result, considering that it wasn't long ago that we did that exact same thing in the FA Cup. So, you know, it's not impossible, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's, well, no problem. I mean, that's excellent, isn't it? That's the perfect (laughs) way to end the pod. It's not impossible that we could get a result. What a difference <laughs> of week, mates. Fantastic. <laughs> Good grief. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'll catch you in a bit. Cheers, you and cheers, Rich. See you, mate. Cheers, guys. Thank you very, very much for listening, everyone. Don't forget, you can get us all over Twitter, should you so wish. You can get Paul at, at PaulGunning1. You can get Rich at Rich Red Voices, me at, at you and Leonard, and the pod at Red Voices MUFC. The blog can also be found at redvoices.net, which Paul has been doing some recent writing on, which I thoroughly recommend you read. And not only that, you can get the podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and the Apple Podcast app. Have yourselves a superb week and enjoy it. We've actually won a game, you know. Depends if this podcast is out before the next time we play. We might lose, but still, you know, take the rough with the smooth. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 